with myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who I just interrupted from his Pornhub Oh my God. viewing. I rang him, guys, listen to this. I rang him just at the wrong time. And you know what I'm talking about. I had a buddy of mine once walk in on me at uni and he could not have walked in on me at a worse time. Like, And I looked at him and he looked at me and we had a... A very, very strange moment. That's all I'm going to say. I, Where do you go with I this stuff? I won't go into the detail. I'm going to get a cold bucket of water in the studio, <laughs> just so that every time you start, I can throw it over you. <laughs> oh, dear. I get worse. I recede. I think each year that as goes As soon as by, the mic's on. I get more childlike the more that years roll on. Have you noticed, though, how adults take themselves so seriously? Like, you just... Where does the lightness go? The lightheartedness? It's like... Well, we've so talked about that a lot. serious. Yeah, on a serious note, you can still have, not on that basis, but on a sort of general theme of, uh, yeah, being very serious, surfers especially. I know I do. I know, God, dude, sometimes I take myself so seriously. And the thing is, it's like what happens when you get in the ocean is you, you have this sort of other self that kicks in, just ego, yeah, whatever, the surfer self. Yeah. And it ain't pretty Mm. a lot of the time. There's a lot of testosterone floating around, a lot of adrenaline, a lot of ego, a lot of this. And I can look at a lot of my ocean moments and um, dare I say, feel shameful of them because it's what happens at that time and there's a kindness to it. Like, look, just be kind to yourself always. And also go, wow, that was how I was like that. Because then when I went back on land, it's different. I can get a bit of a different perspective on it and go, oh, okay, I think I was a bit of a knob in the sea just there. I got particularly annoyed with you dropping in on me. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, listen. I didn't see a I referee was, in there blowing a I whistle. Was, <laughs> I was paddling for a wave, as I do, because I paddle for a lot of waves. And perfect left, Liam's on the inside. You knew I was going to talk about this. You Stick thought in your head, I bet you there's one thing he's going to talk Will's about. Will's gone into his two favourite topics, filth, filth and dropping in. And filth dropping in. Yeah. And going for a wave, in fairness, it's the only wave that's come up in the last five or ten minutes, we've been in for a while, and it was a perfect little left. Took off, screaming at you, behind you, like shouting, Liam, yeah, about to... And I was wanting to just get that, you know, you know, that lovely bit where you get to pump the second, and then, nope, you didn't listen. And I thought, that's it. Just testing you. That's it. Just seeing how mindful you are. That's it. No, but it's amazing, because it's like, I was annoyed, obviously. You could tell I was annoyed. But that's what good friendships are built on. Is actually, no, and I really mean this. And I said this to Ollie, another friend of ours, who'll be listening to the show right now. He's a great guy. And, and we both got to know him more o- over the recent times. And big shout out to Ollie Pine. What a legend. And I said to him in the water. He'll agree with me on anything. I think he's about to talk about dropping wise, though. <laughs> he would. Yeah. He would. Because <laughs> I do it. Honestly, listen, it's the kettle calling the pot black. I know it's, I've said that many times. It's this thing where the best surf mates you ever have are the ones when you get into the most difficulties. I have this with people on the inside too, as well as the outside. Because the best surf mates you have are the ones who want to have that enthusiasm for surf. They want to get waves. They want to get as many as possible. They're also mindful too. And they're looking to create that measure and back off when they don't need to back off and whatever else it might be. And I said this to Ollie the other day because he was just consistently in the way at a certain spot we were both surfing. And I was taking off and there he was again with his big board and he was in the way. And I was like starting to get annoyed because you do, because we're all human. And then I was like, 
dude, you are becoming a great surfer because you're properly getting in the way like we all do of each other. Because <laughs> you've all got that same goal then. It's not like one's kind of going, oh, I'm not having a good session. or sit on the outside and not. No, no, you want, you want that surf mate to be, you know, getting in the way because you're all going for the same thing. The hustle and bustle. Interesting though, I read an article, a sort of little snippet of an article that was put up uh, by uh, Nick Hounsfield, who essentially brought the first wave pool of the technology they use at Bristol uh, to the UK. And um, he put something up about this guy that had tried all of these different wave pools around the world, tested all of the wave pools uh, and, and sort of was basically saying which ones were the nicest ones and what different levels they were and power and all of that stuff. Anyway, cut a long story short. Firstly, he said that obviously Bristol had created this really nice vibe. So there's a good vibe to the place. It's good energy, very welcoming, uh, you know, very sort of laid back uh, energy there. And then he made a point in this sort of, uh, I think it was in this article, to say that unlike the ocean, where everybody is a little bit serious and they're all kind of trying to get there. And we've said this before when we talked about our first trip there. There's almost a camaraderie that exists because everybody knows they're getting a turn. Everybody knows they're going to get X amount of waves if they can catch them. They're there for a specific period of time. There's almost a queue. <laughs> well, there is a queue literally, to get the wave. Literally. literally a queue for the wave. And what that does is it sort of takes out any of that kind of competitive bit about, I'm just going to paddle for this wave and nobody's going to get it. And so the energy shifts and suddenly people are laughing and joking in the lineup. Everybody. It is that dynamic, isn't it, that, that kind of comes from taking that seriousness out of that competition for that particular peak or that particular wave. So maybe that's where it's at. We just have to go to the wave pool together in future and not surf anywhere else. Basically. You'd be able to drop in on somebody at the wave pool. In fact, you did. You were snaking me at the last, the I, last time I, we were there. If, if anything would have happened, uh, my ultimate skill is snaking. If there's one thing I can do, I think it's because... Even I'm, at the wave pool. I think it's because I'm really paddle fit, but really it's just because I'm snaking. Yeah. It's the arrogance of me coming to the fore again. But it's this thing where it's such a lovely representation of what surf lineups could be like if we were perfect humans. But are we perfect humans? No. And we get messy. We get awkward. We get involved in bumps and scrapes and bits and bobs. And we learn as we go because that's what also draws us to the ocean because it's wild. You can't contain wild. It's That's the whole point. But it's lovely to be able to get that like little back door into like, wow, you know, this is what happened when everyone's in a line. Perfect line. Imagine that on a reef break. Everyone's in an orderly you line. I wonder if there's any Number 72. <laughs> yes, I've been at the deli. Number 72. It's your wave. Because we've seen people of really differing abilities at the Bristol wave on this heavy peak. Some people messing it up. You know, some people riding it in a certain stance, like a wide stance, taking it in early because they got a big board and just doing it like a down the line style some people just like whipping the lip trying to get tight in the barrel i have seen the broadest <laughs> broadest range in ability mm. in that place in bristol and at the same time yet never have sensed such camaraderie at the same time with complete strangers yeah and that is an insight into who we really are as humans because really deep down we actually do care and we do want the best for everybody else except what happens with the wildness of the ocean is it can sort of just get in the way of that a little bit there's still an element for me that some of the let's say attitude or some of the what can seem like unfriendliness comes from a place of fear like anything because people don't really like admitting that they're frightened so they manifest in other ways and you can take that fear as any number of things and right from fear of themselves looking like they don't know how to surf. Oh my goodness me, what if you don't know how to surf? Bloody hell, a lot of surfers, me included, I don't know how to surf all the time, you know, in every condition, in every variety of waves. And sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't get it right. And I think you can take that right up to the top of the, 
surf pyramid, if you like. Some people might be frightened of the conditions because it's gnarly. And that, once again, I've been there. I'm quiet and I'm a bit staring out of space because I'm thinking, holy shit, what's that coming towards me? And we're not talking particularly big conditions here that I surf. So fear is an interesting thing because that then comes to the surface in ways that don't always let you know first that it's fear that's there. So true. I had it the other day when this guy came in and there's a great surf. You were in. Which is generally, we're going to have a great surf. When you're in, we have a great surf. And this other guy came in and it shifted my energy. My focus mm. had come away from the surf and it wasn't then on him being in the way yeah. as he was. He just happened to be in the way. That happens. For goodness sake. <laughs> we're going to surf. We're gonna, people are going to get in the way. Get over it. Easy for me to say that right now. If I said that to myself, whilst in the middle of the sea, I'll tell me to fuck off. But anyway. There's your first one. There's oh, I did it. Ding. Well, Pornhub, is that... I'll put that on your bingo list, First yeah. one... I don't know if everybody's got their cards What were you ready. watching, actually? I don't... Which category <laughs> were you in? <laughs> Threesomes. Oh, my God, please. Well, where did you go Just with... stop there. Fine. It's your world. You Fine. can live in it. Fine. Fine. I don't have If that. you turn to me that you don't watch porn, <laughs> I'm just going to say you're a liar. <laughs> some people I'm have just, work to do. I'm just Jobs. Throwing, I'm throwing it out. Actually, I'm going to say the majority of the world watches porn. It's only some people are willing to admit it. Let's get back on anyway, to surfing. Anyway, coming back to it. Get back onto surfing, William. I'll admit I watch porn. Anyway, moving on. My mind was then now focused on this person and not on the waves and the experience. Now, that happens all the time. We ain't going to avoid that. We're yeah. going to have situations like that. Now, I did this little mind trick. I do it sometimes. I didn't use it all the time, but I really want to start using it more. And all it was, I've got this friend who is like a little Buddha, you know, Rory. And mm -hmm. Rory will probably be listening to this. Such a fabulous human being. Shreds. Check him out on Instagram, at Rory Morgan. South Coast Ripper, where we live in, in this part of the world. Not only does he rip harder than any of us, he's about as nice a human as you can meet. And I notice him when he surfs, it's very, very special. He never really lets his energy get distracted by people. He could be in the busiest of lineups with all kinds of situations getting in the way that might annoy someone <laughs> as unenlightened as I am. But Rory being the guy that he is, he just enjoys his surf. He just gets on with the surf always. He never gets distracted. If you noticed him, I really watch him. He never, ever gets distracted by other humans. And I was sat there and in my head, I went, what would Rory do right now? He would just be like, just surf. And if such person, said person is in the way on your bottom turn, do your bottom turn just a little bit around him. Like it's that simple. Stop taking yourself so fucking seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and I did. And I just had that little moment where I smiled to myself and then just bang, pop. The best wave of my the last hour came to me and it was this left and it was full bottom turn grinder top turn release fins next turn little bowl cut back da, 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 da. and um it was another insight as we always discuss on this show that um where you're at mentally emotionally within the session is what you'll attract yeah a lot of people would think that's utter bollocks and i know that there'll be people listening to this show just immediately thinking this guy is just ridiculous what is he talking about the fuck are you on about what you crazy bastard that vibration is what attracts or repels waves as if that could happen it does i have experienced it way too many times mm. now in the sea to not know for myself and my truth that when i'm in a good vibe i have a good surf when my vibe goes down i don't have a good surf and whatever is going on in that way, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you get people like Joe Dispenza, 
who talk about this stuff now research it. They actually, Joe Dispenza is someone who is trying to answer the mysteries of the universe. He's like a Stephen Hawking in the self-help world. He is literally going, right, what is the physics here? Yeah. Like when you have a heartfelt emotion, what does that actually do to your energy sphere? Because that energy sphere that's around us, this energy sphere of four meters apparently, is a much more uh, provable thing now. But how that interacts with the universe around you is obviously unknown. And what all I can know for myself is it happens all the time. Yeah, especially in the way, well, it's life, isn't it? There are times when you are in that flow, whatever you want to sort of see it as, and everything flows. And, you know, how is, uh kind of mortals work that out is another question. But yeah, Dr. Joe or whatever is trying to sort of put the science behind that and also is in that kind of super high vibrational sort of spiritual plane, isn't he? Where he's kind of really kind of explaining his interpretation of the whys and wherefores of that energy. And this is why kind of thought becomes a thing. We talk often about you know, having these thoughts. I'm just kind of dipping into Eckhart Tolle's uh, A New Earth. And very much looking again, just remind myself about these, when you have these thoughts about things that, that maybe haven't occurred or you're playing out a situation in your head, and whether that's in the personal life or work life or conflicts with people or whatever it might be, they are imaginary situations. But your body still reacts to them as if they are real. So it releases cortisol and it does all the things that tenses up and it sort of, it creates that kind of quite toxic sort of vibration within your own sort of system. And that's why kind of, acknowledging that they're there but then sort of acknowledging also that they're not real they're perceived and trying to take the thought patterns into a more positive realm then conversely you get the good bits from that feeling as well the happy feeling that serotonin release that comes from i think it's serotonin isn't it mm. it comes from that kind of happy feeling that sort of cuddle hormone or whatever it is and then you're into that kind of high vibes of anticipation of good things like good waves and good energy and expecting it to be great and the dopamine comes in as well and then suddenly you're in the sort of super high frequency zone because all of the great chemicals have been released in your body that make you feel good not the ones that are there for almost a fight or flight uh, situation but it is interesting how you can sort of what you well what you put in you sometimes get out and you're mm. back you're you're sort of you are putting that in the bank, aren't you? The, the good energy and the good vibes. So true. And, and I have this thing where I go into like a negative spiral sometimes in the sea because I, if I'm not having quite having the session that I want and it's taking a while to get a wave and I'm not making my waves and people are getting in the way, what we discussed a lot of times in the show is how do you get back to the good flow, the peace, the rhythm, the, the waves? How do you re-enter the vortex? And for me, the big, big message is don't force anything. Don't force yourself back to that place because you'll try even harder and it'll almost go against you even more. And so I think it's always the breath. As soon as you can start taking a deep breath, you're switching things back to your parasympathetic nervous system versus sympathetic. Your, okay. your sympathetic nervous system is you know, adrenaline and norepinephrine and cortisol, fight or flight hormones, which tend to attract more of the kind of negative spiral of things and then the other side is that serotonin like you discussed and the dopamine and that they're the kind of hormones that get released upon being in a calm place but the thing about being in a calm place is like where does that come from is it just that some people are calmer than others well in some ways yes you know this character plays a role sometimes if not a lot of the time except all of us can learn how to become calmer because there's not no such thing as calm full stop in the surf 
happy in the surf or life. But there is such a thing as, oh, I'm not calm. <laughs> yeah. I've noticed that. I'm not happy. Okay, so first you notice. Okay, have you noticed that? And then there is a tool that you can use called deep breathing that helps you feel calmer yeah. or happier. It's that word. It's the little switch of a word from calm and happy, which don't really exist because that's always transient anyway. That's always changing yes. versus calmer yeah. and happier. And it's that breath. And then, like I said, I said to you and I started deep breathing and it's that it was when I started deep breathing, I then went, what would Rory do? If I ever, ever feel even slightly stressed, I know I need to deep, deep breathe. Yeah. Yeah, that's my turn, like my golden rule. And trust me, <laughs> like, I get seriously stressed out by even the smallest of things because it's just how I'm built. But Well, I want to ask you about that at, at some point, the book, because you're reading The Oxygen Advantage mm, by Patrick mm, McKeown, yeah. which I, I, it gets a lot of good press. I haven't read it yet. The thing I would add to this whole bit here, we talk about it a lot, and this kind of relates exactly to surfing, is that sometimes this kind of self-improvement journey or whatever you want to call it, where I think and personally that you can fall into a trap with it is to see that whatever you're going for is a fixed state and that you get to this fixed state and there you are, boom, you're at the top of the mountain and forever there you will be. And that just isn't life, surf or otherwise. Same with you get to a beach and the waves are perfect, whatever your version of that is, barreling, three foot, 10 foot, whatever your interpretation of, this is the f state I want to be in. It won't be there every day of every year. So the urbit, I think, is really important. And that's helped me where you go, I'm striving and trying through breath work and through mindfulness and through kind of appreciation of things in life that are in the here and now. And an application of that then to other areas of life, whether it's, you know, especially within the kind of realm of work and, and kind of business and corporate sort of existence, you say, I'm going to achieve these moments of almost contentment, but you've got to also understand that it's not going to be that forever because, well, life gets in the way. <laughs> like I say, it's, it is serious. Understanding that helps, I think, kind of navigate through the times when you go, oh, is it meant to be like this? Well, no, yeah, whatever. Nothing is forever. So all the bad stuff's not forever and neither is the good stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of walking that line, isn't it, between the two? I love that. It reminds me of... Um... Wayne Dyer, who's a, passed away now, but was a phenomenal self-help guru through the sort of 80s, 90s. And I, I highly, highly recommend you listen to The Power of Intention. Mm. It's, a, it's a great, great audio book. Wonderful thing to listen to on long journeys and plane flights. And I really do recommend that. And uh, on that audio, he's talking about his conversation with Deepak Chopra. And Wayne's got all these issues. You know, he has been divorcing his wife. And it's getting messy. And he's talking to Deepak. Chopra, and by the way, Deepak Chopra is someone who's, again, alive, but very, very famous. He's worth checking out too. Wayne's going into this tirade about, well, and should I do this? And oh, I'm not sure because she keeps, oh, you wouldn't believe it because she keeps saying it. And, he, and, and Deepak keeps interrupting, just says, meditate. And Wayne shuts up for a second. And then, okay. He said, but, yeah. but Deepak, honestly, listen, you don't really understand because with this much money that I might be meditate. And he just, <laughs> he just keeps interrupting him over and over and it's obtuse obviously but it's true yeah because it's just that breath that's just what we need we all just need a deep breath right now it's not like oh you know I'll, okay um this here is going to be stressful but in 10 minutes i'm going to i'll deep breathe because i've got it booked i've got my <laughs> I've scheduled it <laughs> it's like just do it now 
right now. Start doing, oh, yeah. Do you mean now? Yeah, yeah, now. Like, right now. Like when my wife catches me masturbating to Pornhub. Oh, that's my God. right at that time. Just start deep breathing. It doesn't say anything about your relationship. And if you need a new Will Foster Potty Mouth bingo card, you can, <laughs> you can go to the website. And, uh... I got no shame. I got no shame about my... It's true, Porn isn't it? Consumption. That you, anyway. you say uh, it comes from control as well. I think mm. as well this idea that you can control everything because once that's your intention, I'm going to control everything. I'm going to control work. I'm going to control my surfing. I'm going to control this. I'm going to control. Well, good luck, buddy, because um, there are lots of things that are way beyond uh, the control of us mere mortals. And if actually as humans we'd mastered the art of control, the world might, you know, <laughs> there'd be a different place, wouldn't it? So. To kind of let it go. Almost there is nothing we can, you know, to go on the opposite, especially when it comes to those surf situations when you're getting, ah, well, that was my wave or what was this situation here or this is my beach or this is, you know, all of those oh, totally, things. totally, totally. Uh, well, yeah, of course you're going to be pissed off if that's your expectation. Yeah. And you think you can control those situations because it, it will not be like you've had it forever. And also the control sometimes that you may have thought you've had before is just an illusion. It's a time and a circumstance and look love that. that you've I, had it. I love that you use that word my in that context because, God, it's beautifully fucked up, isn't it? Yeah. That I could have, just listen to this, my beach. What the fuck are you on about? Like, just take a little step back. Like, and I do this. We've never done this show to be like, oh, I'm so holy than yeah. thou. I'm as fucked up as anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Liam's like, yeah, you know, he is. He, but it's true. I spent enough time with him. He's, he's pretty fucked up. Even but, in this, you know, somewhere it's packed in like, oh, oh, what are all these people doing here? Well, same as me. Damn straight. Same goal. Yeah. Same thing. And it's like my beach, you know, it's just amazing how we do this. I think that there's two things, two, two ways of looking at anything. One, be kind to yourself too, because I think we're human. The my thing's going to happen and shit, we all do that. It's life. And then two, the duality is like, look, how can you get better? You know, you don't have to be stuck in that way all the time. Yeah. Because um, the only person that's harming is yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and some days, even if you kind of enter the world of Zen, some days you'll get it right and some days you'll get it wrong. That is to be human. Isn't so it is. My friend. Right, um, bloody yeah, We've gone round the houses there, haven't we? Round the houses. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at The Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Because the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Segment number two, The Mindful Surfer. Just a, a little bit of time to do some deep breathing. It's as simple as that. Take a breath in through your nose. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. That's what you got to do when you ever feel even a tiny, incy, wincy, little bit stressed. Just start doing that and your life will be better. It just will. And you won't know it 
none of us will really in obvious ways like here is the Swedish netball team naked in a jacuzzi you know just turned up at your you know front door and not those kind of obvious ways <laughs> Liam's looking at me like where the fuck where is he going now it'll be much more subtle like one Swedish netball player no 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 it will be much much more subtle the thing about deep breathing is it has the ability to change our lives on a short-term basis, yes, because it helps us manage emotions much, much better and manage stress much better. But over long term, the thing that I have noticed the most, really, is that although I still get triggered as often, it doesn't last as long. And because it doesn't last as long, who I really am can emerge back more freely and more quickly and more easily because we notice that emotions and stress are just temporary and then they pass, you then start to go, well, is it natural? Now, this is a big question. Is it natural to feel good? Is our default to feel good? And the answer is yes, because we wouldn't have evolved. We would not have evolved without creative faculties, inspired faculties, motivated faculties. All the faculties of feeling good is why we're here. This is literally why we're sat here right now. So your default is your natural way is to feel good. And it's why it's, it's amazing because it just, <laughs> people think you're so loopy when you're mostly just happy. It's just weird. And I couldn't think of anything less weird. I couldn't think of anything less weird. I couldn't think of anything, anything more weird than getting stressed out about the matters of the world. <laughs> Stuff you can't control. So I really believe that that's that big one is we're all going to have emotions. We're going to get triggered. And I do all the time. I do every day. Except with mindfulness, with deep breathing, it's like, there it is. It's in my body. Where is it now? It's my throat. Okay, it's my chest. Now it's back to thoughts. It's gone into my legs now, my tummy. Tummy's turning. Okay. But all the while you're deep breathing. And because you're deep breathing, you're allowing the emotion to unfold. And this is why emotion is called emotion. The word means energy in motion. Emotion. So it wants to move. It's just moving. It's moving. Energy is never static. It's what that's the whole dynamic of what energy is. Energy is moving. Because it's moving, it's passing already. But you've got to be there with it to allow it to pass. Because if we block it, we contain the energy. We stop it from moving freely out of the body. So that's the deep breathing. It allows energy to move. It's like a Robert Holden quote. I love Robert Holden um, for this. It's so simple, this quote. There's only one goal that a feeling has, and it's to be felt. And uh, if we allow ourselves to feel those feelings, we do feel so much better. It's kind of part of mindfulness practice, I suppose, from the way I would sort of see it, is to acknowledge that those things are always going to come and go. And it's not resisting them, like you say. You know, that's one of the things that I've had to get used to. Is this idea that you can banish thoughts, that thoughts disappear, they're em- you have this empty. Well, really, it's just about acknowledging that they're there. Whether it's, oh my God, it's packed, this break is packed, there's loads of people in here, loads of people surfing this. Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Now my surf is not going to be as good. I thought it was going to be quieter this morning. Weren't people supposed to be at work? Uh, Everything, again, that is well beyond your control. The thing that is within some uh, realm of control is how you deal with that sort of thought or how you then deal with the situation that you're presented with. That's where you can take, not necessarily control, but ownership of the situation to your own advantage. It doesn't mean you won't be frustrated by certain things within it. But it's what you then do with that frustration that uh, that counts, particularly when it comes to surf. Particularly when it comes to surf and when it comes to stand-up paddlers. Because what yeah. about, you're saying all this, but what about the stand-up paddler that you punched in the face? <laughs> 
the other day. Liam, I've got to tell you, listen, listeners, <laughs> you're all listening. Liam paddled over someone, swept them off the board, <laughs> punched him in the face. And I was like, that's not very mindful. But wait a second. You'll have to stop having those dreams. But wait a second. That was Dave. <laughs> it wasn't you. Mindless it was, Dave. I'm just forgetting. It was actually, it was Mindless Dave yeah. that did that, not you. Yeah. Um, I did see there was a great clip actually on, on that. I don't know who posted it. Where sup? Sorry, suppers, but this is it's, we do it's, talk. It's fine. Drops in on this surfer. And I think it is somebody who's on the scene, the surf scene, and he sort of he glides just around them, sort of just slightly bottom turns them, goes alongside them, and I've seen this happen a few times with other surfers, but this is with the supper. He just lifts up the nose of the sup and flips the guy off, and then carries on this way like sort of <laughs> ten ten point ride. But he sort of pulls alongside him, looks at him, and just. And tips him. Amazing. What a skillful, what a skillful bet, kind of maneuver that is. I bet if you lived in Oz or California or places like that, you'd have to learn that yeah. kind of skill, wouldn't yeah. you? Because you'd have so many gnarly droppings. <laughs> and these are on waves that do have consequences. Yeah. And there's so much more speed and yeah. there's so much more in it. And yeah, I'm sure you'd have to develop all kinds of, of tactics. Um, moving on to segment number three, mind, body, stoke. Things Liam and I have been doing with our minds and bodies to raise the stoke. I want to mention something on mind because We've got a great friend of ours called Kyle Baker. Check him out on Instagram. KB K- Photo Vid. We'll stick uh, the link in. We'll stick a link in. He's been doing more and more videos and photos of late of us surfing. And I've had lots of insight into sort of where I get my rails, in my position, in my body angles, where my hands are, what my face is doing. I do this odd thing with my face where I blow up my cheeks. It's very peculiar. I've seen that. Yeah, I do. It's really like that. Everyone has a really different surface. I mean, my surface is particularly harrowing and it's really interesting because this is really so much of the show I, th- I really really want this show to remind us all to have a moment to ourselves to remember what it really means and why is we surf it's to get that feeling and be with friends and be with nature those things that really matter and yet it's so powerful the ego still you know you could do all this work on it you could be so aware of it and meditate and deep breathing growing kindness and compassion for yourself and others and health and all these great things that can really make you more aware of your ego and how it can hold you back. And then you can then bang and it can just come up, comes up all the time. And that's okay. I sort of have this ego in me that sort of has seen footage of me and photos of me on, on really good waves in like Bali and, and other places. And my rail is just sunk into the water and I've got this huge arc of spray and completion of a turn, let's say. And this is even years and years ago where I wasn't actually that good a surfer compared to how I am today. But the waves we surf are incredibly hard to surf to get your board on rail. And it's only when you can take someone who's never traveled before to good waves and get them on good waves that where they just would have a moment of like, oh my God, it is difficult where we live. To Other than sort of longboard style it out, because I think where we live with the ways the way they are being very, very weak, because even England in general is just overall pretty weak conditions, is that um, you can, I think, really develop a really high standard longboard style because we get so much more time on the wave, even than other parts of the world, actually. It's like a paradox. If you want to pursue a longboard career, I think actually this is a country that can get you to the very top. I mean, look at the guy, look at the likes of Ben Ben Skinner, Skinner, five-time world champ, I think, or something. Yeah. So there's people like that who are a great example of why England is really a longboard country. But if you want to try and get that vibe of like feeling that board move and that the spring and the drop and the re-entry and that glide and the control and just the chaos of it all, and then you want to obviously get on a smaller board. But when we're on smaller boards where we live, 
I've seen footage of myself and doing turns and things, and it's just so incomplete. And my body's sort of quite upright and a bit awkward and it's not quite there. And it's all, and it's quite hard to look at. And it completely distracts from what it's all about was that when I was out there doing that on my fat board, because that's what you need in this part of the world. And let's be honest, in most of the world, really, it's not constant perfect ways, the mental ways where we're all surfing. We need that even in places like footage of places in Oz and California, South Africa, Portugal, we all need grovelers and whatnot. But like, you know, it's this thing where you're riding your fat board. Don't expect there to be huge buckets of spray and rail gouges and whatnot, because you're riding the wave for the feel anyway. And so where I'm really going with this point is raise your awareness of your ego when you're looking at footage of yourself and looking at photos of yourself, because really in the end, it doesn't matter. What I think is very, very different, and you've discussed this before, dude, is that if you can use it to aid a technical progression, then that could aid joy. Yeah. Because that could help you enter the flow states more because you might be able to, you know, harness that order and chaos a bit more. That's it. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. There's a few things on that to just kind of unpack. And, you know, I'm sitting here doing a surf podcast with you and surf for a what I felt was a long time and in places where they have those waves. But I wasn't at the level I'm at now to enjoy those waves as I should have done in a way. We are fortunate and I feel grateful and blessed every day that we can surf waves. And I know, you know, people say, oh, you guys will be surfing again today. And, and yes, we do surf regularly, mm-hmm. but we make the best of the conditions that we have. Mm-hmm. And for that, and Kyle actually said this the other day, you need the right board. And you've got to have the right mindset to get the most out of those waves. And you won't be seeing, because we live in that Instagram comparison uh, vortex sometimes, you won't be seeing, if you see footage of yourself uh, as an average surfer like I am, doing the things that Griffin Cole or Mason Ho does on absolutely world-class waves in edited footage. <laughs> You're just not going to see it. But if you can remove your ego so you don't feel down about seeing I would hate that to be people's experience of seeing themselves in surf footage. I've sat and done it myself. Oh, mm. don't look, I don't look very cool, <laughs> but I feel amazing. And mm-hmm. that's all that really matters. Hopefully, ideally, that's what we can all embrace as mindful surfers is all that really, really matters in your experience of surfing and in your experience of life, in fact, is how does it feel, mm. not how does it look. And not least, how does it look to somebody else who, why should you care what they think about how your surfing looks or your life looks or Whatever, insert whatever comparison is pissing you off or is getting you down into that little bit there and say, why should I be bothered about that? Am I enjoying it? Does it feel great to me? Yes, it does. Well, I'm carrying on doing it. Damn straight. It's where also surfing really lacks coaching compared to other sports. Out of any sport I've done, which is quite a few actually, it's the one with the biggest gulf in lack, basically, of coaching of how to get better at it. I mean, obviously with all these online I think aspects, it's changing a little bit now, but you have to seek it out, don't you? You, you do, but it, and it's changing. Yeah. And I completely agree with that. And what I'm saying is when you then get a certain group of friends yeah. that have all got each other's back and are supporting each other, this is where I think surfing really takes off because what you can start to do is exchange sort of tips and tricks and that look like this and this look like that and et cetera. Because I always remember being out surfing with a guy uh, called Chili who might be listening to this. I've no idea. He might listen. We used to hang out many, many years ago, a South African guy, easily the best surfer I've surfed with before and um, used to do competitions with Geordie Smith growing up and, and was at his level in that way at that time. And um, Chile, I remember I was taking off on this wave in Cornwall at a spot and I was going backside and I came around the bowl, as you do backside, you know, push through my heels 
get your arm back behind you to look back up at the lip and then try and release the tail as you bring it round. Now, I think I was getting a half decent sort of nine o'clock turn. So nowhere near vertical and, and not really like a, a full tail release. And Chili then says, look, mate, what you're doing is as you're coming around the bottom, you're coming back up the lip, but you've got about another 25 degrees, 50 degrees, even 100 degrees of space that's behind your left shoulder that's further back than you realize. You just haven't even entered your mind into that space yet. So next wave, even if you don't complete it, see how far back up the lip you can get. Just see how far you can go. Because this is what coaches used to do with me. They used to teach me how far behind yourself can you get before you release your tail. And don't worry if you miss the top of the turn. Let's say you go so far back that you just fall off the top. Just try it. Just next wave, took off, and I bent my knees harder, pushed more on my heels, and I looked further, way further around than I normally do, and didn't make it. But I got into a part of the wave I'd never been before. And there you go. You've just entered into a new room. But if he'd never mentioned that, I'd never have known. That, I think, in the surf world is growing and it will change loads over the next few years. I think that's going to explode. Uh, And that's where the footage becomes a help rather than a hindrance. If your ego can deal with it, firstly, so you're kind of not just looking to look cool and blah, blah, blah. If you're looking for technical progression and and the people that are helping you are coming from the right place and they want the best for you and want to progress. Even as we've surfed together and, and sort of learning things that I just didn't know about my surfing before, I'm surfing my age much more confidently than I have previously. But some of that has also come from seeing pictures that I wasn't happy about and going, oh shit, do I do that? Yeah. <laughs> do I? I didn't think, I thought I'd fix that bit, but obviously not. And then you're aware of it and you can then make the irrelevant changes. And again, all this comes back to is if I make those changes and I can complete something, I feel amazing. So again, it, it still comes back mm. to the feeling, but those for me, and we're talking sort of very average technical progressions here, but you go, that technical progression has made me feel better about my surfing now. There you go. That's why it's great. And that's why it's interesting because people then go, oh, technical progression. Oh, don't take it so seriously. Whoa, wait a second. The main goal in surfing is enjoyment. No one can disagree with that. But here's the thing about enjoyment. It's not black and fucking white, is it? There's so much nuance that goes into enjoyment. And if you feel like you're getting a bit more of a challenge in your surfing because you're pushing it a little further outside of the comfort zone, you're going to have to really concentrate. And that concentration is flow. And that's enjoyment. Challenge is enjoyment. Challenge is enjoyment. So progression and how it looks is intertwined with enjoyment. Yeah. It's not just so simple as, you know, of course it is about feel. It yeah. is. But at the same time, look also has a part to play too. Yeah. And I think this is where things are evolving. And you've been very, very humble in that process in being able to listen to feedback from myself that's been completely unasked for and uh, has been given anyway. Um <laughs> I mean, it's like, oh, you will, you are a... I just tune out. Just, just, like, <clears throat> just block your ears. Yep. Tip me, dude, with your rhythm stick of mind, body, stoke. Anything? I think mind, with this, digging back into this new earth by Eckhart Tolle, one of the takeouts, as I've, I said earlier, but just this mind of appreciating. And if you listen to this and you, you're working and you're working in situations where you kind of, a lot of time is looking ahead, forecasting, and you're dealing with different sort of, people and places and all of that stuff or you might be this might be in your personal life there is an element where often you'll play out the situations that are not like i said earlier you know they haven't happened or they don't exist you can take that into surfing and you're playing out things that oh i didn't i didn't quite do that or i wiped out there and i looked like a bit of a kook doing that and actually if you can recognize that the uh, absurdity of 
that conversation within your own mind and diffuse it, therefore, life is a little bit easier. So I've really been working on that. And, and actually, for a while, the energy around the place was because, again, you kind of get sucked into this vortex of the seriousness of the world and news and the reasons to be fearful and all of that energy comes into a place that makes it very hard to escape that sort of negative thought spiral. You can end up in a really bad place with that. But the kind of breath work and readings around kind of how to deal with those thoughts really have helped take the sting out of them. And as soon as they sort of take the sting out of them, by in fact shining a big light on them and saying, "How you know, is this absurd? Yeah. Has that actually happened? No. So why are we giving it the energy of thought? And why are you letting that energy, negative as it is, then release, like we were talking about earlier, all of those chemicals that, you know, your body doesn't need at that time because you're not looking to run away. You're not looking to get into a fight. Then the sort of kind of calm restores, I think. And once you're kind of back in that calm place, life is, is much better anyway, regardless of what's going on around. So that's been a huge work on and it's still a long way to go. And actually it's been part of this whole process of the mindful surfer thing is this dealing with those thoughts as loud as they might be sometimes when in fact that's all they are, they're thoughts. They're not reality. So true. It relates to, and you mentioned this before, you know, the reasons to be fearful, yeah. aka the news. Yeah. And you've been the first to admit that you've watched, dare you say, too much news, but you have watched the news and it's been certainly part of your vortex. This is what you're discussing. Well, politics and news has been a big part of my life. And I have an interest in, in the kind of dynamics of the world and how we all kind of either get along and don't get along. There is a part of that where you can be overexposed to it when you can't control the situations that you've presented with almost on a minute by minute basis now with rolling news mm -hmm. that is only ever going to lead to a negative uh, spiral in your own well-being. I've got a few people I know, you included, who don't. Mm. The happiest people I know are the least in tune with daily news, yeah, daily news cycles, yeah, yeah. or in fact social media sometimes, comparison vortex. Completely. It's not clouding the real world that they live in. Completely, dude. I can totally, totally agree. And I think what's interesting about the ocean of late is that during this whole time, this last year, year and a half, the entire globe has gone through this crazy time. And there have been some people who have been really pulled down into a fear vortex. And there's a lot of other people that actually have kind of lifted themselves out of it. It's like it's been a slight polarization, I think, that's taken place in the world in general. And um, those who were becoming more awake have seemed to have become even way more than ever awakened. And that's for lots of reasons. And those who were quite closed and egoic in mind and very much controlled by ego and, and thoughts, that's almost become even more entrenched and encapsulated in you know, the bad things that are happening in the world. That's happening for whatever reasons that we don't know. I don't know why, but that's just my observation. But I think what's interesting is on the former, the group who are becoming ever more awake and ever flowering and realizing what matters and noticing the hilarity and insanity of the mind and all these different things, is that the ocean has been a sanctuary as part of that. It's been an extension of where they're going in their life because surfing is a spiritual activity. It's also led to more crowded lineups than ever. And I don't think anyone listening to this who's a local or even a traveling surfer would not have experienced that in the last year and a half. They would have noticed that there's been a real shift worldwide in surfing in general. And here's where it gets, I think it's really interesting because it goes back to what we were discussing earlier today about this kind of, um, how could there be such a thing as my, but talking about fear, like you were discussing, Liam, and in terms of this thing about future thoughts, it, with surfers, so many surfers have a fear that the surf will get too crowded. How can it keep growing? How can you have a growth model 
for something that only has X amount of waves. There's only so many waves. And in fact, it was actually quite funny because Stab magazine did an article of, well, they predicted by 2030, there's going to be something like 350 wave pools mm. producing X amount of waves per year. And what they'd done was they looked at the growth model of surfers in the world versus the sort of amount of waves that yeah. can be produced by wave pools. And they kind of worked out how many waves could surfers actually get. It was quite cute. It was quite a, yeah. quite a cool little, that is some good little article they created there. But the point is, is that if we're in that mindset of scarcity, more and more of the same keeps showing up. It's that attraction again. Where's your vibe at? If you're able to notice your mind during this very busy time in surfing, notice it, watch it, let it pass. It's temporary. Get back to the good vibe. You're going to have quiet sessions. You're going to have epic sessions. You're going to have all time sessions still. You're going to be that surfer who seems to somehow carve their way through the chaos when everybody else is complaining about the surf. People wonder, how does he do it? How does she do it? And you won't be doing anything particularly special. You'll just be in a good vibe. That's all there is to it. <laughs> That's exactly it. Because surfers do that. They get yeah. scared. They get scared about almost yeah. oh, my secret spot. Yeah. And that's my local spot. And it's getting crowded there. And look how many people are buying boards and <gasps> scary. Can you do anything about it? No. Nope. So what's the point in getting to... And we all fall into it. Like I said, you get to a beach. and I'll probably lose a few friends saying this, but the idea that you walk to a beach, I do this every summer and go, oh my God, why are there so many people on the beach? Well, because they're all doing what I'm doing. They're yep. walking to the beach yep. or they want to go and have a good time in the yep. sea. Yep. I'm one of them. We're all part of the same thing. And this is exactly like... We all think we're just this special... I know, dude. Oh, I'm so special. Yeah. I'm fuck not special. It's just like when people were sending in pictures of other people laying on the beach during lockdown, mm. of other people laying in the park during... Lo and if we can't just see the irony of what we're doing... Oh, look at this. Someone's breaking the rules and I'll take a photo. Well, you, you were there. You were there taking the photo. So just like you said, Liam, it's so... And yeah. I, but I do it. I do it. I do the yeah. same. We're all human. We all... We walk out of our glass houses with a bag full of stones. And yeah. We start throwing them at other people. Yeah. And it's that whole thing, isn't it? If you live in a glass house, don't throw stones around. We all do. No one is without sin. It is crazy, but we'll get there. This is part of the mindful surfer path, isn't it, really? Of course to it try is. and explore these themes and go... Okay, okay, if I can deal with that thought there, maybe I'll get more out of my surf next time or I'll get more out of my day at work or I'll get more out of my next whatever. Next masturbation like, session. Like, oh, my God. Oh, I think I filled the bingo card there. Bing. Did you fill it? Bingo! Did you fill it? Which category? Everyone. Which category? Actually, Come your on. swearing has been less today. Thank you for that. Be honest. Be honest. Be, be grateful for small for mercies. For fuck's sake. Oh, he's done it. The swearing. Great adjective. Carry on. Just got to say, it's a great adjective. Moving on to segment number four, this is Surf Media Insight. We haven't really got any surf media because we've not been watching any. I've come off YouTube. I felt better for it, I'll be honest. I actually haven't watched in the last two weeks a single... Actually, no, I, I'm not even going to lie because, you know, you want to make sure you, you get off your soapbox here, but I don't think I've watched a single video clip online. I've seen footage of myself. This is why I brought up that insight earlier today yeah. about go for the feeling versus the look. And I have seen a little bit of just me because it's been in a couple of my Instagram feeds. I've not been worse off for it. It's interesting. And I noticed this in my daughter, quite apparent, because when she's watching stuff, on, she's getting proper screen time. There's a little threshold at about minute 15, possibly 20, where actually it's gone from a very positive experience yeah. of joy, and now it's spiraling down into 
like it's numbing the mind. Where once it was mindful, oh, that's funny and interesting and her show. But it's interesting because because I can see this little human going through it and because they wear their emotions so freely, very I much. can see it very evidently. Whereas in me, big old arrogant me, because I'm older, I'm so special, which of course is a load of bollocks. When I've got to my minute 30, my minute 40 of surf footage, or just YouTube in general, or social media in general, it's starting to numb my mind, but yet it's almost like it gets even more addictive the more it numbs my mind. Because of course, if my mind's becoming numb, it's losing awareness and I'm even clicking on the next clickbait, next one, clickbait, next one. And wow. And that isn't good for us. And I end up going to bed. I go to bed fucking half an hour sometimes to an hour later because I've been watching random stuff. Well, on the dual screening, you're not concentrating on the thing you are watching. You're taken out of the moment by looking at your phone and Instagram and all that. And we have an Instagram and it's there and we use it, but it is a distraction. And I would challenge anybody because my kids, I'm not holier than that. They play too much Xbox, but it does give them access to their friends. And in this time of lockdown, it's been great, but way, way too much screen time during this time. They do all of the clubs, you know, surf lifesaving was canceled. The swimming pools are closed. You know, they can eat as many McDonald's. We don't, they don't eat McDonald's, but you know, theoretically they could eat as many McDonald's as they want, but they can't go and swim hundred lengths on the Friday. <laughs> you know, it's nuts, isn't it? Anyway, I digress. I challenge anybody, and me included, that if you put your screen down, you know, last week we talked about old TV show for kids when I was a kid called Why Don't You? That's why the show, the last show was called that, because they, they used to say, why don't you turn off your TV and get out and do something less boring instead? I still maintain that if you get outside and you turn those screens off, talking to myself here as well you feel better for it you're not in that vortex you're back in that kind of nature you're back in my balanced state i find that sort of uh, switching off the phone earlier getting the tv off at a reasonable time not kind of going through social media makes life a bit more just calmer it is an intake of breath if you've turned it all off damn straight but hey we and live it, in this world we've got to navigate it and there could be a slogan Get off social media, like you saying, you know, go and do something more interesting, but get off social media and go surf. And yeah, it's good for the soul. And on that front, we're about to go maybe for a little surf now. And I can almost see the mist hovering off of my neoprene wetsuit in my car of piss. Oh, just winter wetsuits. I mean, even summer wetsuits. Anyone anyone, anyone listening to this who's ever worn a wetsuit will empathize with how wetsuits get. So pissy, and I can even see this. It's almost like a sort of yellowy steam coming out the windows. Now, listen, you're about to drive with me down to the beach, so welcome. Thank you. Here you go. Here's a gift for you, Liam. You get to get my piss vapors very, up your very, nose. Very nice. Billabong. And, Billabong or Rip Curl. Yeah. Do do uh, a solution, which is just tea tree oil, I think, called Piss Off. Did you know that? There you go. I did know. This show is brought to you by <laughs> Piss Off. Brought to you by Piss Off. On that, on that bombshell. <laughs> Guys, see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Cheers. Bye.